Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sensual Healing with Barbie. I'm Barbie. Today, I am going to kind of dive in to some of my, I don't know, my unproductive um, feelings, like, um, okay, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to talk about internal alchemy part two, and I was kind of in the beginning a little hesitant and wanted to steer this conversation in a completely different way, and to be 100% honest, I don't think that's the healthiest thing for me to do. So... Um, we're going to talk about, A, how many times I recorded, goddamn, Internal Alchemy 2, um, and why I'm not putting up that particular broadcast. So, let's go ahead and start with um, how I was feeling. Uh, I recorded internal alchemy to hell house I don't know nine maybe ten different times and each one was more angry than the last one and that I realize is not helping what I'm trying to do is actually counterproductive from what I'm trying to do so I have those recordings kept however I do not feel as if it would be a wise decision for me to air them. I don't edit my stuff, as I say all the time, but there has to be a level of respect, not only for the other parties involved, but more so for myself and my listeners. I realize I get extremely angry, and I know a lot of that has to do with my mood disorders, um, and maybe even, maybe even the fact that I might be a little delusional, and the players, um, <laughs> the players and the actors that are in my life and that encompass me, um, I think that they also play a large part in what they do. They set up the stage. I have stagecraft people, clearly. I have um, false lovers, false friends, false... Eh, almost everything in every category. And I clearly... Maybe I write a script that is different than the Sentinel script that's written for me, you know, by the people who are really controlling everything, and I go off script maybe too often because maybe this is a simulation. And for the longest time in my life, I was like, no, you know, this is not a simulation. Life is life, but... I really do feel like I'm a Sims character inside of a video game, and um, it's it's weird, and I don't necessarily like it. Um, so, 
that's one thing. Um, being confused all the time. And just knowing you need to muddle through to get your children to the next level. And then after that, then what? Some people say, oh, just give me all the drugs and I'll just kill myself. And then other people are like, oh, well, you know, I have grandkids. That's the next phase. And for me, I guess I'm one of those people who are like, I have grandkids that I will be entertaining and loving and teaching within the next five years. So for me, I need to make sure that what I'm experiencing is real and I don't know what I'm going through is not delusions in my mind because again, clearly, um, clearly I'm, I'm doing something to myself that's not necessarily realistic. And, and, I'll, and I'll go into that in a moment. Um, I'm just kind of coming to some realizations as I talk to myself. Um, yeah, so then the other thing is, you know, why put people's life on blast because of something that I'm upset about? Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. So how I'm going to attack uh, Internal Alchemy Part 2 this time is... I'm not going to go into painting the picture for you. Um, I will just hit bullet points and see how I feel about that uh, and just kind of go from there. So um, bullet point one is I am a Caribbean American woman. Being here in Colorado um, has been interesting to say the least for me um i say it's been interesting because one part of me has n knows that i have never had any kind of racist situations happen to me i'm originally from boston massachusetts i can't remember a racial thing ever happening to me there i went to all white schools i don't remember anything racial ever happening to me there um, when I moved from Boston, Massachusetts, I moved with my family to Georgia, and I cannot remember anything racist happening in Georgia to me. I just, I just don't. Moving here to Colorado has been just a plethora of, of racism here and there, different situations. A lot of them had to do, had to deal with um, my jobs. I think I touched on that a little bit on one of the other podcasts, but nonetheless, uh, it always has to do with white women, um, or you know, and 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 me. Uh, I can't speak about anybody else's uh, experiences, even though I have friends lined up, black women of of all kinds of caliber and skin tones lined up, ready for me to actually do a podcast on black women in Colorado and the lack there of respect that we get from white women especially. And I don't want to go into that um, right now because it can be a, it's a touchy subject for me um, because I try so hard to just love everyone. Yes, I see skin color. I have children of every tone in this house and it's not about skin color. It's about culture. And I understand that a lot of the women 
um, of the Caucasian descent um, on their high horses and their fucking Me Too movement over here on our side is not cool. I, so I do want to just throw that out there. If you hadn't been on this side of the fence from the, from the beginning, take your goddamn Gucci boot and put it back over there with your white men who don't give a fuck about us. Stay over there. Stop trying to put yourself in situations and understand people who you really don't want to understand. And that's a little tangent that I, I keep going on on every single one of my recordings. So clearly, it's a hot button issue for me. Um, and I guess it's a hot button issue for me because I personally, before I really dive into uh, Hell House, um, Internal Alchemy Part 2, I have two of the most amazing girlfriends who happen to be Caucasian. And when I say these women are amazing, I, in ways, even envy them. I absolutely adore and love them. I think that they are some of the best people I have ever met in my life. They're supportive. They understand me. What they don't understand, they definitely try to understand. They don't make up shit in their mind about me. They don't talk negatively about me behind my back. One of my friends, I haven't talked to her since my divorce, and that was only almost three years ago. And she went through a hard period of time in her life, and I was going through a hard period of time in my life, and she still never shut the door on me. So this is not a racial matter. I absolutely love my white female friends just as much as I love my white male friends just as much as I like and love my Spanish black Asian and so forth I have friends of every culture and I'm blessed and lucky to be one of those people who have like the United Nations of friends so I just want to get that across that this is definitely not about race this is about culture and the culture that I have been introduced to since I have been here in Colorado has been extremely weird. So I go back to saying Hell House was almost like every job that I had and I had a white female boss who did not understand culture, did not understand me, did not want to understand culture, did not want to understand me, or better said, some of them even who pretended to understand culture to have conversations with me and when the conversations did not necessarily go in the direction that they wanted it to go in and it got deep and passionate, it became a me issue or a hot button issue for me, which again, I think is absolutely ridiculous. So I say all that to say, <coughs> um, I'm just going to touch on, like I said, some bullet points when it can't, when it comes to what I experienced and how I am trying to grow from that experience because a part of this internal alchemy is <coughs> understanding what triggers me in different situations. So in this particular situation, um, with going to the house of my friend's friend was a lot. Um, first of all, I was put into a unconscious competition, come to find out, um, where I was competing 
for somebody's affection or attention or adoration. Honestly, I don't even know because on the other side of the fence, this is what I'm being told. I'm thinking I'm there to make a new friend, have fun, um, have an enlightenment session with some shrooms, with people, with one person that I absolutely adore and another person who I was thinking could be a new addition to my friendship bevy. And finally, me and this particular um, other person could have a mutual friend in our lives, along with maybe his other friend who he's been trying to get me to befriend for years. So I was thinking to myself, wow, I'm actually getting a, a deeper opportunity to be in this person's life. And I'm getting a deeper opportunity to make friends as an adult. And this is one of the things that I've been wanting to do for such a long time is like, just make better friends. Um, I have, d you know, really good friends and friends that I love and they are going absolutely nowhere. However, like I want to make more friends. I only have three female friends and two male friends and I feel if these people have friends and we're friends, then we could all be friends. We could share our friends and, you know, come together and have love and different ideas and fun and I don't know. Maybe I'm so much of a fucking care bear that it's just like, oh, I just want to love everybody and I want everyone to love each other and, you know, life will be better. We can all sharpen each other and when we realize that, you know, there's not iron you know, or steal in our brigade, then we could either build them up to that or we could let them go about their business gracefully. So that's kind of how I look at people in situations which my kids absolutely hate. They are like, you, mom, you're the kindest person that we know. You need to dial that back. People are not like you. You're an anomaly. And I'm still over here like, no, I hope for the best because people are the best. And Maybe that's also because I'm a people pleaser and I need not to be. Um, so anyway, um, unbeknownst to me, I'm going into a competition and I, I, I don't know. I used to play sports. My kids don't play sports, but I could have sworn that when you're in competition with somebody that has a lot to do with two or more people trying to obtain the same goal. I could be 100% wrong on competition. It's not like I looked up the word before I went, I went ahead and made that comment. So if um, you guys have comments to what I'm saying, please put it in the comment section and let me know because, again, this is about internal alchemy. And right now I'm standing in the foundry of my life and seeing excuse me, I had a hiccup, and seeing what's good for me and what's not good for me. And to be 100% honest, I don't necessarily think that that situation was good for me. In the long run, it was good for me to know um, and see what I saw. Um, and it's so sad to me that people that you think care about you really don't. People that you think have your back really don't. And for me, I should have understood this about my friend um he will choose 
And this is an opinion of mine. Like, this is not a fact. This is not something that I discussed with him. But in my opinion, he will choose anyone beside me, besides me, to trust. Um, it doesn't matter if he just met them or he's known them for months. It doesn't matter. If he feels that they are trustworthy, then they are instantly catapulted above me. Um, he believes that I'm... I'm not someone that he can trust. So I allow myself to still be put in situations with him that are ridiculous. If someone doesn't trust you, or better said, they trust you to be you, whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean, then why why would I keep putting myself in that situation? I don't have an answer. <sighs> that's a lie. I kind of do have an answer. Um the only answer that I can only come the only answer that I can come up with is because I'm in love with this person, never expected to be in love with this person. I've been married twice, I've been in love before, but nothing like what I'm experiencing now. And I think for me being put into hell house, being put into that situation, um it it it, it just stabbed me all over my body to see that the person that you're in love with dance around this house with someone else as if as if they were in a relationship um to watch the symbiotic relationship that the person that you're in love with has with another woman is it's um it cuts really deep if you've never put yourself in that situation um for me it was just slaps in the face and punches in the gut. And I I decided I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let this run me. Uh, clearly, there's something I need to learn in this. Um, I, one part of me said to myself, you know, he's doing this to really put the nail in the coffin that he doesn't want me. Um, and then those things turn around to actions that don't match up with those thoughts. So it goes back to maybe I'm rewriting a script that a sentinel being has written for me and I keep rewriting it and they keep coming back and saying, no, this is not the way it's supposed to go. And then they rewrite it and then they go away and I rewrite it. And I'm like, this is the way I want it. <laughs> I don't know. But those are some of the crazy ass thoughts that I have. And those are some of the feelings that I'm feeling towards um, this particular situation. So anyway, let's dial this back because I can take you guys down a rabbit hole and then four-way that rabbit hole real quick. So let's dial this all the way back to me going to this house. And you know what? Beautiful house. I, to be 100% honest, was extremely apprehensive from the beginning um, when I got to her house, I realized it's in one of the neighborhoods that my daughter used to work in um, when she used to work for this pizza joint. So there's a there's a really beautiful, quaint spot um, uh, kind of on the outskirts of downtown Denver. Um, dial it, it, you kind of can dial it back to um, more so Light City is kind of what I call it, L-I-G-H-T, uh, Light City. Um, but the neighborhood that this woman lives in, oh my goodness, 
I I'm not gonna lie I was super jealous because of where I am in life at the moment she's living in one of the houses that I would drive down these streets every day I would drop my daughter off to work and just uh, manifest to to be in in one of those houses and I guess that manifestation came true and I was not very specific to say I want to own or rent one of those houses I just was saying oh I want to be in it and I got the opportunity to be in one of those houses probably built in like 1901 early 1900s late 1800s I'm not a hundred percent sure but nonetheless beautiful home reminds me of my grandmother's house um, before they did the renovations and she uh, passed away but um, so maybe maybe for me that was a part of my issue is I'm not where I need to be and here this woman is 10 years older than me and already before I even see her beautiful face I'm already envious of of her how she's living how horrible is that of me like we can say like oh you're not supposed to be jealous or envious of what other people have because you don't know how they got there absolutely true I don't know anything about her life and the little bit that I was able to know of how she got there it's not a beautiful story and I two weeks later like really hashing these things out in my mind I feel like a horrible person I feel like I should be more understanding and more caring and loving and compassionate and I wasn't um, and maybe going into that situation just from the comment that I just made earlier with looking at her house and knowing that I'm driving through these neighborhoods wanting something and I s still haven't obtained it because I fucked up 10 years of my own life and no I'm not crying but like there's water welling up in my eyes but I'm not crying just to let you know as my audience that whoever's listening but I fucked up 10 years of my life and I've never cheated on any of my husband's I've never done anything negative. I actually I actually raised two husbands, one who is now married to a white woman who he absolutely loves and I pray for his happiness with her all the time because he deserves to be happy and so does she. Well, my second husband that is a tragedy that we will talk about on another podcast, but I still wish the best for him and whoever he's with and or not with but I, I pray that he finds peace and happiness within his own life um so but I know that by marrying my second husband I I threw myself backwards for I don't know how long but what I do know is when I went to her house I mourned for myself in a way and then on the other hand I was so excited that she has accepted me into her space like having someone come to your house is having someone in your sacred space and trying to trust somebody um, by bringing them to your house is a huge step uh, I do not believe that this woman would have brought me to her house to mentally castrate me I really think that she brought me to her house to understand a why does this man like black women what about this particular black woman does he like 
why does this black woman like him why have i been around so long and and that's kind of how i felt um i would say the first 15 minutes being in her house because of the the questionings um that i got and truth be told that also could have been me that also could have been me and my insecurity from dealing with a plethora of negative women of the caucasian descent who asked me condescending questions and made me feel as if they were belittling me through their questioning. (sighs) Not saying that that's what she did, but in hindsight, that is kind of how I feel because I never asked her anything about her and my friend, how long they've known each other, what's the nature of their relationship, why am I here? Um, I can go on and on with things that I I chose not to ask her because that was not my intent for being there. My intent for being there was getting to know her and maybe, like I said, and I'll keep saying, maybe have a new friend and especially a friend who's mutual to the two of us. I love people and honestly, she's a beautiful woman, absolutely stunning the most beautiful green eyes that I've seen in a long time, even though now that I say that and think about it, all of my friends who are female, who are white, have green eyes. That is so crazy. Brie, you have green eyes. Megan, you have green eyes. And if this particular woman, I will not name her, um, but if she had became an ally uh, and I became an ally to her, then she would have been my, my other green-eyed beautiful white female friend (laughs) that's kind of weird i just thought about that simulation probably is real anyway um so i get there we do yoga yoga was fun yoga was weird i'm not gonna lie i felt like i was the hershey bar in the sea of milk so understand what i'm saying there not being racist but we did a zoom one and To be honest with you, I have not done much Zoom anything. And every time I do something Zoom, I have like the lighting going on. And I'm not even that dark, you know, skin tone wise, like I'm not even that dark. But I did not realize how how dark, um, depending on the lighting in the room, how dark I really do get. And I think that set off some insecurities with me because um like i said i felt like a hershey bar in a sea of milk so use your imagination with that one however you would like to but that is how i felt so i muddled through it because again it's nothing that i'm not used to um but it it did make me feel a little bit weird even though I knew coming into this situation that this particular woman has no black friends. I knew coming into this situation that this woman um, could possibly not even had spend much time with black people in conversation, definitely not in her home, um, but getting to know, understand, or anything. I, I have a feeling that that has never been presented to her not saying that it hasn't but I just don't feel as if it had and I feel like she was really trying her best to um, make me comfortable I feel like she was trying her best to um, 
allow me to be free in her house and give me trust and give me um, respect and space. So again, I do not want to take any of her hospitality away from her because um, she doesn't deserve that. A lot of this has to do with me. That's why this is my internal alchemy. These are my issues. These are things being thrown at me so that I can grow beyond these things. So I want you all to have that in the forefront of your mind before I continue on with this. So um, to be honest with you, I was annoyed. Uh, I was annoyed once my friend got there um, because it was almost like I was in their house, not in her house anymore. The way he came into her house um, was like it was their house. The way he moved around the house was like it was their house. Um, when we finished yoga and, you know, we all started to, like, talk and things like that, it felt like it was their house. And then, for me, it's it's really weird. If these people are just friends and they know how I feel about my friend, but nonetheless, on the other side of the coin, they keep telling me that they are just friends, that they are not compatible. If they were, then they would be together. However, she has even expressed to me that she didn't want to get between the love that he and I have for each other, which blew my mind because clearly they have conversations about me that I'm not privy to, that no one tells me about. I don't understand him. He doesn't say much of anything to me about his feelings but he does tell me all the time that you know maybe I'm I'm trying to make a molehill out of an anthill and I loathe when he says that because maybe maybe perhaps that is true however the actions that he exudes when we're together and sometimes even through our written communication it sounds and feels like the complete opposite but that's my own that's my own shadow I guess that I have to deal with and and learn to move past because what people say and actions when they don't match up you watch people's actions if you watch this person's actions then it's it's very unclear there's no clear oh well this is how I feel about you and this is what it is it's always up in the air Um, example I'm at her house while we're doing yoga we say hello Um, he says hello to everyone in the room his dog says hello to everyone in the room Um, when yoga is finished I am just so apprehensive uh, and nervous and annoyed you know all of those emotions at once I say hi to him again I ask him for a cigarette and I'm not even a smoker every once in a while when he's around I definitely smoke his cigarettes because I, I get into my head in in ways that I shouldn't um, and that's my own cross to bear and I'm, I'm dealing with it so am I a smoker maybe maybe not I don't buy packs but every time I'm with him and around him if he has cigarettes I bum and smoke them because Again, I get lost and trapped in my head. Anyway, so um, I ask him for a cigarette. He hands me a cigarette and a lighter. I say thank you. I step outside. I'm sitting outside smoking the cigarette, thinking, should I stay or should I go? Why am I here? Should I stay or should I go? This is me still 100% sober. And 
he comes outside and he goes, so I'm not going to get a proper hello. You're just going to kind of like chew me off with the, the that whack-ass hello type shit. I'm not sure if those were his exact words, but that was the gist of what I got from that. So I was like, no, and I stood up and um, I said hello and he hugged me and I said, well, I didn't know if, I didn't know if we were um, able to touch each other, kind of making a joke. And then he like puts his hand on my butt and he's like, oh, just want to make sure it's still there. And we kind of laugh about that for a bit. And then we're standing there talking and then she comes out and she's like, hey, guys, what's going on? And I'm like, "Ugh, yuck. So this is how this is how this night's going to be. Um, he's going to, if anything, sneak around her to touch me or, you know, um, have a moment of um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, I can't even think about it. I'm so so aggravated right now um but we would never have a moment if she doesn't go away so in her house clearly he feels as if he can't be his self with me the way he normally is with me this is our first time being out amongst um anybody on either side you know my side or his side who gets to see us together so this is the first time so i'm gonna assume that when you are around company the the you you are is a little bit different than the you you are when you are at parties or um you're around other people friends family what what have you so um he was just different he was not himself I'm sure he would say nope that's the way I always am but no he was different if you if you, you choose not to touch me at all like not a foot not a finger nothing um but usually when we're together he's all touchy 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 even if it's in play just touchy 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 so then my question is why can't you be that you here in this space is it because of you respecting this per, uh, particular person? But if you guys aren't anything, what? how are you disrespecting her? So I guess for me, that's <coughs> where some of the confusion uh, lied in the beginning. Um, and then uh, kind of fast forwarding, because I'm only going to do bullet points. So fast forwarding, um, that particular friend had said that they were not going to participate in the enlightenment now that's the reason why i came because according to both of them they wanted me to come over to have this experience with them again i don't know why because he and i to me were not necessarily in the greatest space clearly if he came over to her house knowing that i'm there and he was apprehensive a little bit clearly he's not in a good headspace with me um and only God knows where she was. So I don't know. Nonetheless, um, she weighs everything out. And and I know when he hears this, he's going to be like, that wasn't true. You weren't watching. You weren't paying attention. You were on your own high horse, mister. So I, I saw this shit happen. This woman weighs out enough of enlightenment for herself and myself because again he said he wasn't going to do it okay fine you're a grown-ass adult 
no one's going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. What I saw, and this is the point where I got I got really upset. So I'm not 100% sure from the time he came to her house to the time we started setting up for enlightenment what happened. I, I can tell you what I believe happened, but it's really kind of fuzzy, so I'm, I'm just not. Um, but the, the clear points I will definitely um, touch on because I'm 100% clear on these points and nothing will change my mind from them. So well, she's measuring, she chops everything up and she's measuring, uh, eyeballing, let me say that, eyeballing uh, what I should get, what she should get. From my peripheral vision, I am watching this woman because again, I'm in a new home. I am not comfortable 100% and people that I don't know are handling stuff that's going into my body and that's going to change the way I see things in about 45 minutes after taking it. So I'm watching her. I'm watching her so well, I literally see her take a smaller amount for herself and leave me with a larger amount. And she does it so quickly that it was it was like the sleight of hand. And because I understand the sleight of hand, seen it, like I'm not the best at being able to do it, but because I've seen it done, I've, I've had a lot of life experiences where people have tried the same bullshit with me, I caught it. So what I did was, hell no. I'm not going out like that. I put the rest of what she wanted to offer me into another cup. And I told my friend, you're, you're riding the ride with us. You bought the ticket. You're here. You're riding this ride. So I gave that to him just for me to have to turn around and ask her to reweigh out some more stuff. She seemed aggravated or annoyed and, but then clearly, um, quickly corrected her behavior and waited out. Instead of the, the three grams for everybody, she weighs out four grams for me. Why? Why? I, I'm not expressing this to my friend, but I saw it. I saw the scale. I saw it say four grams. I saw her try to move that shit also so fast that I didn't see it, but she's not clever. She thinks she's clever, and clearly my friend thinks she's clever, but she's not fucking clever enough for me. That really pissed me off. So I already, so from that point on, I was already convinced, okay, I see what's happening. I see what she's doing. And my friend will never believe me. I'm in the house of a witch. I told him when I saw her picture that I don't ever go like goo goo gaga over anybody's picture. Um, and I have worked with celebrities. I have some friends who are stunning seeing them booty butt naked and been like eh, yeah you're dope but you know yeah whatever okay I, I'm like oh my god oh she's so beautiful like I'm having like fever dream moments over this woman blew my mind and then I said to myself this woman's a witch this is weird okay this is off of a picture way before I even went to this woman's house I get to this woman's house and I tell my friend I'm like you do not see all the witchy shit around here? And he's like, ugh, 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 ugh. You're always making up some shit. Ugh, ugh, ugh. You know, th that, that bullshit that men like to do when they don't understand something and they have to be right. So then they go and mansplain something to you because clearly you're the idiot and it's not them. <laughs> so I'm like pointing stuff out 
to him. Like, that's witchy, that's witchy, that's witchy. And she kind of smirks and kind of giggles a little bit. And I was like, yo, your house is like really, really witchy, dude. And she's like, yeah, it is. I know. I know. As she's like looking around, kind of like thinking about it, kind of basking in it. And he's like, ha, witchy. She's not witchy. She's more goth than she is witchy. And she's like, goth? I'm not goth. I'm witchy. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe you're more fake goth than you are witchy right there do you see that he's trying to convince her of something that she is telling him that she is so that he does not have to believe me and that, that's how I feel like I don't know if that's what was going on in his mind but that's how I felt every person that I've showed her picture to has and, and I'd never said this is so-and-so's friend. Tell me what you think. It was more so along the lines of, I just want to know, just from first looks, and men and female, young and old, I just kind of wanted to have other people who deal with spirit, who deal in spirit realms, who understand spirit and spirituality. Like, hey, guys, you know, like, I can be a little bit of an asshole. I can be a little bit of, um, uh, I can be a little judgmental. I could be a little this, a little that, all these little negative things. And I just don't want to get into a situation with somebody where I'm carrying this negative baggage and saying, oh, okay, well, this is who this person is. And I don't care what anyone says to me because this is who this person is. That is evil. That is wrong. And that also is not helping my internal alchemy. Every single person from my children all the way to foes, all the way to people just in the metaphysical store who I was just like, you know what, I don't really know these women, but, you know, these are spiritual women who can say this, that, and next, and, and not be biased. These women would not be biased. I'm not going to tell a story. I'm not going to tell any background. I just want to know, look at this picture, tell me what you get. I have yet to receive one positive accolade about this woman. My friend, other than him, who spends time with her, who would know her the best. He has nothing but the most pleasurable things to say about her. She's the most wonderful woman he's met in years. And I don't even understand why I would compete with that. Like, why would anyone think that if he has so much adoration for someone, why I think that I need to jump in and be like, no, have adoration for me. No, you have adoration for who you have adoration for, just like you love who you love. These are not things that you can honestly control. So, like I said, I pointed out all of this witchy shit in her house. She was in full agreement with me that, yes, she is a witchy person and whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and he still wanted to fight both of us on what she's saying about herself. Dumbest shit. I've ever encountered in forever. Um, I can't say ever encountered because you know what that means. But dumbest shit that I've encountered in a very long time. <sighs> so annoying talking to people sometimes when you know who you are. You see what you see. You're trying to show them the truth. And they're just like, you're a dummy. Mah, you don't know anything. Mah, you're making up stories in your mind just to suit. Um, your feelings and it's just like okay you know what later on down the road one of two things are going to happen 
you're going to concede and say, shit, you were right. Or you're never going to talk to me again so that you never have to say that I was right. I don't want to be right all the time, especially about people. Sometimes when it comes to people, I just want to be like, I hope I'm not right. And then not be right. <laughs> but that's not always the case in this world. And it's not always the case when you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mouth to speak, brain to understand, and a heart to love. It makes it very difficult for you, meaning me, to deal with people out here in the world like that. So anyway, um, she back to uh, enlightenment and the art drinks. So she chops up mines um, again, and uh, I put it in a cup. Now I know for a fact that I'm taking four ounces. She might be taking two. He might be taking five. I, I don't even fucking know what he's taking. Um, but nonetheless, bottoms up, everybody, right? Um, so about, I don't know, 20 minutes in, um, we're sitting on the couch. We're all kind of like playing musical chairs a little bit. Well, let me back that up. They're playing musical chairs. And um, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm comfortable. I'm just kind of vibing. We're talking about stuff. And sometimes my jokes can be a little pretentious. And this is what I'm realizing now that I'm actually doing this internal alchemy work. And I kind of made a joke about marriage. Um, because we were all we've all been married before um whether we've been married once twice or whatever we've all in that circle had been married before and I made probably a really stupid joke and I was like oh am I the only one who married for love and even when I said that I then went into my kind of shotgun wedding situation with my first husband and then navigated somehow into my spiteful um, marriage to my second husband so it wasn't like I was better than anyone else in the room and oh I married for love and you guys married for dot 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 definitely not getting into that because everybody's story is different and not everybody's story is beautiful but I was just trying to lighten up the situation and clearly uh, I struck a nerve with maybe both of them maybe one of them who the fuck knows but to be honest with you my first marriage I was not necessarily all gung-ho on getting married I really kind of didn't want to get married my mother because she is extremely religious felt as if I needed to make the best decision for my daughter by getting married before she was born that's the truth of the nature my mother paid for my entire wedding my church um, my church and my mother paid for my entire wedding so it wasn't as if it was, oh, well, we love each other so much and we just, you know, we just want to get married and have this family. It was like, that, you know, that can come down the line. Like, we can have this baby and, and that's fine. Like, let's have this baby and just be okay and not necessarily, like, get married right away. But that was not the design that was placed in front of an 18, two 18-year-olds. The design was, this is God's way. And I'll go into that on another podcast, but this is why I'm so funky with religion is because all my life I've been my mother's coattail. So whatever whatever she tells me to do, I pretty much do it. Um, and that's been my problem 
in relationships, um, and that's been my problem for a, a lot of things. But anyway, I digress. So um, <clears throat> we're playing, like they're playing this weird musical chairs. She pulls out this this rocking chair um, just so that we all have uh, more comfortable places to sit. So she's sitting in the rocking chair, then he, then she's like, hey, have you ever sat in this? He's like, no. So he gets up, he sits in it, he's like, I don't like it. He goes back to the couch. This whole time I'm sitting on the couch. So she sits there for a while, and um, we're all, like I said, we're kind of just chatting, just kind of bullshit chatting, and I guess his starts to kick in. So he quickly realizes that he doesn't want to necessarily be a part of this. So whatever he's going through emotionally, physically, whatever with his um, portion of his enlightenment what he decides to do and I think to be honest with you <coughs> he's a brilliant man I think that this was the most clever idea that he could have done ears on eyes closed arm over your face so that you're just not a part of this shit let's just see how these women chat or whatever so he just you know he removed himself in a way so we're sitting there and we're talking and I'm trying to talk to her and she's kind of talking to me, not talking to me. I'm not sure if my, because sometimes when I talk to people, my octaves can get really low and it will sound like I'm not speaking at all. So I'm going to, to chop those parts up to maybe, um, maybe I wasn't loud enough, maybe um, I wasn't speaking at a, at a tone that she liked, but nonetheless, whatever it was, it was. So like I said, she's sitting in this rocking chair and then she gets up and she's like, hey, do you want to try this rocking chair? Every bone in my body wanted to say no. I understood what she was doing. She was removing me from where I felt comfortable and putting me in what I really did not want to be in again was the observer chair. Um, and when I say I didn't want to be in again, uh, there was a situation that happened earlier on in the year where I had to sit in the observer chair with the same person, not the same people, but with the same male person, and it was devastating to me. So here I am, back in the observer chair again by another, I'm going to, I will say this, because I came up with this last night, and I thought it was funny, Ickies. Um, their, their names rhyme with Icky. So they, these two women to me are the ickies because that's how I feel about them. They give me the ickies when I even think about them. And because their names have icky in it, it makes it, I don't know, maybe kind of fucked up and cruel, but it's funny as hell to me. So anyway, um, so yeah, I was placed in the observer chair by another icky in my situation with this dude. So... I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there for, I sit there for the rest of the night, to be honest with you, except for the times where I get up to go outside to smoke a cigarette, to think, to breathe, to um, deal, and um, I don't know, I got up maybe about four or five times, um, and every time I got up and came back, it just, I just got more and more upset, and more and more um, disconnected to the group. Um, what I realized is she was never going to move from that spot. And when she put me in that spot, um, the one thing that I did ask her was, did she understand what shimmering was? 
And she said no, which I don't believe her. Um, but maybe she didn't. I still am standing firm on what I said. I don't believe her. So then I asked her, did she know what energy basking was? And I just almost bit my cheek because I have dimples and sometimes some words come out funky. So I'll try that again. Energy basking. <laughs> I asked her, did she know what energy basking was? And she said no. And I just said, hmm. Um, my friend who disconnected his eyes from the group just starts to laugh because he's like, oh, she's on that hippie shit. And here she goes on the stupid fucking hippie shit. And it's not hippie shit. Knowing spirituality has nothing to do with being a hippie. Knowing spirituality is far beyond <laughs> what most people even can conceive. Um, I knew what she was doing. And even in that state of mind, it was very troubling for me. And it was, um, it made me very angry. And it, how I dealt with that was what my friend calls fleeing. But I had to, I did, I had to get out of the room several times, go smoke a cigarette, recalibrate, you know, rethink about things, bring myself back to center and come back inside. And it got to a point one time where I don't know what the hell she was thinking about. But I could just feel all this negative shit around me. It was intense. It was so intense that I went into a meditative bubble. And I just started to beam out this gold, goldish white light of love. And I know I did. And <coughs> within me doing this, I just created a bubble of protection and serenity around me. And it was so strong. It just got to the point where... She was like, look, you know, I'm getting tired. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So she goes into her room and she gets a weighted blanket to put over my friend. As soon as she put that weighted blanket on him, I absolutely knew what she was doing. She was creating a divide. Uh, whether she knew it or not, whether it was intentional or not, I don't. that I don't know. Um, but it was a trap. It was a trap to keep him there on the couch keep him where she wanted him to be not necessarily allowing him to be free to move about as if he wanted to if he chose to because she thought he was sleeping which I knew the whole time he was awake he would go from being awake to light like going into like a light um resting your eyes kind of sleep and then back up so he was kind of transitioning back and forth back and forth back and forth here there here there everywhere so there's no way that anyone could ever convince me that she did not place that blanket on him to create some kind of a trap for him to stay on the couch and make sure that he was quote unquote comfortable enough to not move to say the least right then she goes and gets herself a blanket her house you know, it got chilly outside, so her house got chilly. Again, the house was built a long time ago. So here she is now with a blanket for herself, a blanket for him, and doesn't even ask me, do I want a blanket? Because of the way I was raised and the hospitality that I have grew up, that I grew up with and the etiquette that I grew up with, um, last time I checked, if you bring out stuff for your guests, and you only bring out stuff for one guest and not your other guest, it's kind of an indication that they don't want you there. Um, not saying that that is her truth, but that is the truth that I saw. 
is that now this woman does not want me here. However, she knows that we are all in a position where we should not be mobile um, or even probably walk or Uber or anything. No one's in that position, so everybody's kind of stuck. She offers to, um, she offers for me to lay in her bed to um, sober up and rest until the morning. Um, I told her I am uncomfortable with that idea. I would have rather lay on the couch. My friend was on the couch. She trapped him there on purpose so that he didn't get up and do whatever. Um, she has a second bedroom, which is her daughter's bedroom. And I get it. I'm a new entity. And But my suggestion was, if you don't want anyone to sleep on this couch, how about you and our friend take your bed? I'll take your daughter's room. It's not a big deal to me. She's like, nope, that's not going to happen. And on one hand, I do understand that because she doesn't know me and that's her child's bed. So why put a stranger in your child's bed? I totally get it. Um, but if she did not, uh, if she did not capture my friend on her couch, then he could have gone off to her bed. I could have laid on the couch. She could have laid in the room. It, it would have been fine. I, you know, I would have been fine. Unfortunately, that's not how she wanted it. And she's a very particular person where if she wants things done a certain way, you're going to do them that way. And, and I saw that within him. I saw that within myself being in her presence. That it's like, mm, it's better off just to do it this way opposed to doing it the way I want to do it. Because honestly, who gives a fuck? And, and that's kind of how my, my mentals was. It's like, it's not that serious to sit here and debate with her. So whatever. Now, <laughs> the problem with that is I know that they've been intimate before in this bed, in this house, but in this bed. And that's another reason why I did not want to be in that bed is because of my feelings for him and knowing that they have been intimate in this bed. They haven't had sex, but they have been naked together and they have been uh, a form of intimate together and uh, it didn't make me happy. So, um, anyway, lying there though, that house, her room turned into my grandmother's bedroom, like my grandmother's actual bedroom. And to be honest with you, I don't have a lot of good memories from being at my grandmother's house. I don't have a lot of good memories from being with my grandmother in Massachusetts. Um, I just don't. So being there and then having those feelings and memories of feeling as if, oh my God, I am at my grandmother's house was really messed up, <laughs> like really messed up. The doorknobs looked the same with the skeleton key keyholes. Like it was like a blast from the past and being catapulted right back to Massachusetts, to my grandmother's house in Boston and having to sleep over there sometimes and being not only terrified, um, but being grossed out and feeling, um, and just feeling the presence of, of evil, not feeling the presence of peace or love or anything like that. And laying in her bed, I just felt like I was being tormented and tormented and tormented and tormented. I got up to go to the bathroom and my legs turned into fucking jelly. I went outside to smoke a cigarette. My legs felt like I was walking on cooked spaghetti. It was weird. I've done yoga and that just kind of catapults us, catapults us back to the beginning of 
um, the podcast when we were doing yoga. I've done yoga like several times. I've done some hard yoga several times. Yin yoga, yang yoga, fucking hot yoga. I've done some yoga, okay? Never once have I ever experienced my body feeling the way it felt. It felt like I was being beat up. And I was like, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the enlightenment. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I just don't know, but this is weird. So I go back and I lay down in her bed again and everything in my spirit started to scream at me and told me if I did not get my butt up and out of this house, I will pay for it later on more than I would ever pay for it if I, if, if I, um, if I didn't get up and go. So I get up, I use the bathroom one more time and I go into her daughter's room and I let her know, Hey, um, I gotta go. Like, I'm just, I'm not happy here. I'm not comfortable here. And I don't want to sleep in your bed. And I said that, and that was me being true to myself. That was me standing up and finally saying, I had enough of this shit. I had enough of your shit. I had enough of this shit. I had enough of being here. I had enough of distrust. I had enough of everything. Like this bitch is a deceptive troll. And I, I don't mean to call her a bitch. I apologize for that. She's not a bitch. This woman is a deceptive troll. And if that's the energy that he wants in his life, I really need to step away because this woman is a part of the ickies in our current life. And I don't have to be here and I didn't have to be invited. I didn't ask to come. I didn't ask for any of this. I accepted it and I put myself in that situation. So this is on me. It's not on them. And I put myself in that situation because like I said, I thought I was going to gain a new friend, not gain an enemy not gain someone in my life who will sabotage what I want out of life. But clearly, if there's a competition, then again, it goes back to what I said in the beginning. There are two or more people who want to obtain the same goal. I didn't know that she and I wanted to obtain the same goal. If I would have known that, I would have never came. Um, So anyway, I leave her house and my spirit is just like, I will guide you home. Don't worry about it. Just sing, cry, do whatever you need, and by the time you get home, you will be in a place of love, happiness, and safety. I will take you to where love, happiness, and safety is. That's all I kept hearing in my head. I will take you to where love, happiness, and safety is. And I'm sitting in the car driving, and clearly the spirit was driving because I'm really just crying my eyes out and yelling at the stars and singing as loud as I possibly can. And when I came home, I was met with the most, the most beautiful, the most beautiful emotions that I could ever ask for. My two younger daughters were here and they were up and they embraced me with hugs and kisses and they were just so happy to see me and so happy that I was home. We all snuggled on the couch as one of my daughters played Grand Theft Auto and we cuddled until me and my middle daughter passed out on each other and then my youngest daughter just kind of gently woke us up and I went to my bed and my daughter my middle daughter laid on the couch and stayed there and my youngest daughter went to her room and my night ended beautifully my night ended safe my night ended happy and I got accused of fleeing a situation and I still was not even able to be 100% honest 
with this person who I wanted to be honest with because in all reality, I'm a hippie crazy person and everything that I'm feeling can't be real. So think about that. And this was recording number 11, I think. And this one was longer than any of them. But nonetheless, um, the internal alchemy that I realized for this particular part of my life was that fleeing is okay. Fleeing is all right. It's not okay in every situation. Sometimes you need to stand there and fight for sure. But in this particular situation that I was in, leaving was the best idea. I was being tortured. I was being tortured. And standing in the foundry of my life, this was a kind of torture that I did not necessarily had to, I didn't have to stay there. I didn't have to stay there and deal with something that that's not serving me well. This did not serve me well. All this did was show me how much this other person doesn't care about me at the end of the day. How how much this other person will believe other people over me. How much this other person will love and adore someone right in my face. Another person right in my face. And then turn around and say, perhaps this is your problem and not mine. Perhaps you're the one with the issue and not me. Perhaps you need to fix yourself and your emotions and it's not me. Perhaps you need to learn to disconnect. Perhaps all this this shit that is not of me. And I, will ref- I refuse to be 100% honest. I refuse to be anything less than myself. And if people who know me want me to be less than who I am, then there's the door. Please shut it behind your ass as you walk out. Toodles, ta-ta, goodbye. And I say all that to say, thank you for listening to me. I'm less angry on this one than I've ever been trying to vomit this stuff out. But if I don't say my piece, it gets stuck in my throat chakra. And what that can do is that can lead to thyroid disease, that can lead to cancer in the throat, that can lead to so many different things because it's energy, energy that's locked in those areas. So a part of my internal alchemy for this situation is have a voice. Your voice is important. It's okay to speak your mind. Don't let people change your thought process because they're trying to convince you to do something that suits them and that works for them. At the end of the day, you're not going to die with that person. And that's facts. Unless you know you're on a plane crash or something weird like that. But nonetheless, nine times out of ten, you're not going to die with that person that you love. And narcissism is real. I'm not saying that anybody in this situation is a narcissist. But narcissism is real. Narcissistic tendencies within people, everybody, is a real thing too. I believe that I have narcissistic tendencies at times. And I know that if I have it, the camp that I rock with, somebody else has it. And I don't know. Truth be told, um, it is what it is, I guess. So 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for understanding. And please share your comments. Um, I'm sure I'll read them eventually. Uh, I usually don't get into that thing, but um, if you have my number, call me. Tell me how much you love or hate this one. And um, the next uh, podcast that I do will be uh, my ASMR number two. Bree, that one is for you, baby. I love you. I love all of you who are listening. And if it's just me listening, I love you most. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for not banging your head against the wall and saying that this chick is crazy. Because I am a crazy chick, I guess. But not the kind of crazy that um, needs medication. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, let's see what internal alchemy number three looks like because this is hard and I have a lot of wild, wild thoughts. So, again, thanks for listening. Much love. And if nothing else, I love you.